Welcome to the Real Clear Values podcast with me, Tom English. This is a podcast about values, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm speaking with Claudia Noriega-Bernstein, who is an abundance coach. Claudia, welcome to the Real Clear Values podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this chat with you. Thanks for being here. It's a, it's a real pleasure. It's It's been a while in the making that we've put this together. So tell us, Claudia, about what you do, because I've heard this phrase abundance coach before, various people doing it. What, what exactly do you do as an abundance coach? I help my clients focus on what they really have. Usually people perceive abundance as material things. You know, I have a lot of some things but they don't realize that they already have a lot of other things. And I say things in quotes because respect, love, kindness, uh, empathy, family. There is so many things that we do have, but we don't acknowledge them because we think that abundance means all the things. But when we achieve all those other things, we still feel that there is a void in our life. And it's not really a void. It's something that we do have that we're not paying attention to. So when I have a client and they feel there is something missing, I start by asking, what's abundance for you? My next question is, what do you want? What is it that you want? And why do you want that? And more times that I can explain to you, they realize that what they're looking for, they already have. And they are replacing those holes in their life with things because they don't want to face what they need to face to be able to acknowledge what they do have in their life. Yeah, I was going to ask you, it's an interesting question, really, in terms of how do you help somebody to reframe that where somebody thinks that abundance is is very much rooted in materiality and finance or material wealth. And then mm-hmm. how, how do you get them to change your mind? But it's change their mind, but it's very much about asking them really what they want and getting them to lean into that and right. making it wide open for them so that it isn't just about the things that they might have been told were valuable from a young age. It's, it's the things that they really genuinely care about. So that's interesting. So so how how do you go about doing that then, Claudia? If if somebody is particularly stuck on the material aspects of life, how is it that you help them to see the value in non-material things, the value in loving relationships, for example? I give them tools for them to realize that on, that on their own. It's like when you have a child and you tell the child, don't touch the fire because you're going to burn your fingers. The child is going to be curious enough to go as close as they can. And with their own experience, they're going to realize, oh, she was right. That was hot. But they need to believe that that is hot. So the next time they won't touch the fire. The same thing happened with every human. Nobody learns in other people's head. You have to experience every circumstance to figure it out what that circumstance is, how that circumstance is going to affect you how you can change your approach to that circumstance so then you can have a different outcome. So it's a series of exercises. You know, when the first time in my first interview, 
I always talk to them like in the phone, like you do a pre-interview to see if we have any chemistry because I might not be the right person for, for, for that person. You know, I might not be the right kind of coach. So we figure out, okay, we're a good match. Now we're going to work together. Let's, let me get to know you. Let me see where you are in your life. I don't go back to when they were kids or my mom didn't love me. My dad left me. I don't go there because yeah, those are traumas that you, that you bring with you, but also the, the, what trauma does is doesn't give you the ability to be present. So when I have them in front of me and they're present, they, by their own, figure out those traumas, where they come from. So that's a work they do on their own. I'm not a therapist, so I don't work on that. I can point them out and I can um, steer them in the right direction to look for that kind of help if the trauma is really holding them back to achieve the life they deserve. But when we start asking, when I start asking them the questions, what do you want? You already have everything. How come you feel empty? How come you're unhappy? Um, and there are people that, I'm not saying they're all wealthy people. There are people that maybe they just have a house and I have a car and then they have, yeah, I do have abundance. I have all these things, you know, but I'm still feel empty. So it doesn't matter how much is your income. You still can have material things and feel empty. So once we go through that process of what do you want, then little by little, they start opening up and they start saying, I want to have peace in my life. Or I don't want to have stress. Or I don't want to have conflict. I don't want to have toxic relationships. And we start peeling the onion little by little until we find the core of what it is that they really want. And right after that, why? What's your why? What is your fuel? What is motivating you to want to have that? And that's that's the key. Once you have your why, then everything everything falls into place. Because even, and we, we had this conversation, uh, you and I before, about habits. Habits are replaceable. So it's very hard when you have a habit to delete it. So you have to replace it with another habit. And if you don't have a good why, a, a strong why, then you're going to give up because you're going to go back to your old ways. But when you have a clear understanding, where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? What kind of a person you want to become? Which oftentimes you have to unbecome who you are to be able to become who you deserve to be or who you are meant to be then that why is going to be your fuel. Every time you get out, you know, from your path, you're going to remember that's my why and you're going to curse correct. So it's a process and you have to be committed and you have to be able to take responsibility for whatever you did wrong or you didn't do to get you where you are right now. Um, you have to hold yourself accountable it's so important to have people that are around you that are also going to hold you accountable. So who's your tribe? Who do you have in your life who's giving you that support that you need to make those changes in your life? And what are your non-negotiables? And sometimes non-negotiables are actually relationships in your life that are not serving you, that are just holding you back. Every time we hear somebody saying something negative negative, 
or not nice about us. And we give that person the time to listen to them. We're giving our power away, but we also stopping in our journey. It's like they're slowing us down. So oftentimes we have to even make the decision of, I'm not going to have a relationship with this person anymore. I'm going to love this person from far because he's not serving me. He's not helping me in this journey of I'm becoming who I am and become who I'm supposed to be, who I am meant to be. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So speaking of why, Claudia, why do you do the work that you do? I have a tremendous joy of being a tool to make people happy. It, it really empowers me emotionally. When and, and is you know, everybody has different highs, you know, different things that make them excited. Um, it's like the person that donates an outrageous amount of money to a charity, but donate it as anonymous because they just want to make that project happen because they believe in that project. That's how I feel when I see one of my clients shifting their life to the point that they can find that fulfillment that they didn't have before. And suddenly, believe it or not, they will continue enjoying the material things, but their essence, their, their value, the way they look at themselves in the mirror is 180 different than what it was before. All those things that they're blessed to have, they're great, but don't define them. So the love that they have for themselves, multiply. Mm -hmm. And it's a ripple effect because you have, as I said, a tribe. And when your tribe see those changes in you, you're empowering them to also look for those fulfillments in, in their life. Mm. And I think that little by little, we can really change the world by being kind and by teaching people to be kind and appreciate what, what has the real value in this world. I think that right now the world is so focused in the instant gratification and the things that they have in the Instagram and the brands and the this and the that, that they have lost their focus. They have lost the their their target or I don't know their goal in life which is we come to this world to be happy I think being happy is a birthright we should all be able to be happy but also you are in this world to serve to give back to pay forward and when you are in that place of of harmony and joy and balance with your own self you're much more willing to do that to others. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us, Claudia, how did you find out this why that you've got, this drive that you've got to help others, to, to, to be a tool as for others' happiness, as you put it? I think that my why, my biggest why is my girls and leaving a better world for my girls and teaching them how to become their better version of themselves so they can continue this snowball, you know, to the world. So I started by working on myself and seeing how 
I was becoming a better mom. I was becoming a better wife. I was becoming a better daughter, a, a better friend. So that empowered me to share that. I want everybody to feel that joy that was taken from me when I was younger and that, that I allowed other people to take it from me and I regain it. So I figure a way to work with myself. And then I decided I want to share this. I want everybody to be able to have that joy in their life, regardless. Not I not allowed um, the past circumstances to define them, not allowed their past to define them, not allowed where they are in that moment to define them. I think what defined mm-hmm. us is who we are, mm-hmm. what values we have, who who we be, want to become. That's what defines us. What doesn't define us. Hmm. Interesting. So you mentioned about joy being taken from you, or you felt that joy was taken from you in the past. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that, that, that story that you've got, that backstory that you've got, and what it is that you want your girls to avoid or what you wanted them to avoid as a, as a parent. T- tell us about your own story and your own transformation in that process. I think that for the longest times I didn't, I didn't, um, how do you say that? Uh, I didn't face my feelings. I put it in the back burner, in the back burner, because I had created this persona that I thought it would be better for me to deal with situations. People would like me better. Um, and in a way, I was betraying myself. So that sadness, that that interior sadness of betraying myself over and over and over again and not facing my feelings, not acknowledge my responsibility, not making decisions to change my life was like a cloud that it was on me, allowing people to mistreat me, um, allowing people to make me feel little. All those things, nobody has the power to make you feel little. You allow them to make you feel little. But I wanted to fit in. That was my thing. I want to fit in. And and I think in a way, it's also when you're an immigrant, you want to fit in. And it wasn't until I understood the difference between fitting in and belonging, and and we talk about this, um, that I didn't really came to the, the, the conclusion of what I needed to do and what I needed to stop doing. And the feeling of belonging was giving me the fulfillment that I needed where the feeling of fitting in wasn't. So it was a process of me really looking myself in the mirror and say, okay, who are you? You're A, B, C, and D. All right. Still love you. You're great. You've been with me, you know, at that time, 38 years, 40 years. And thank you for sticking out for me. Mm. And I am going to honor you. And I'm going to do whatever I can do to be the best version of myself, because that's what I am I am meant to be. And I'm going to stop trying to fit in and trying to um, 
you know, give value to what people has to say about me. Hmm. You you have to come to that term and and it's such a feeling of freedom when you are your own person, when nothing defined you, but mm. who you are and who is looking back at you in that mirror. It's, that's what I want to share it mm. because it's such, so empowering to be in that place yeah. and, and to love yourself for who you are, not for what you have or yeah. who you marry with or what job do you have, who you are. I remember going to a, um, it's called Open Heart um, Seminar. And Sarah McLean asked me, which was the the, the person, um, the facilitator. She said to me, who are you? And I answered 10 different answers. You know, I'm a mom, um, I'm an artist, I'm a coach, I'm a this, I'm a that. No, who are you? We're not talking about what you do. We're not talking about where you work, what you have. Who are you? In the moment that you say, okay, I am kind, I'm honest, I am giving, that's who you are. Then you're describing what's inside you, not this shell of body that we carry around. Yeah, absolutely. It's quite empowering when you talk about not being affected by other people's opinion of you, knowing who you are internally and knowing who you are for yourself irrespective of what anybody else is saying yeah. so how do you how did you get to that that place of empowerment that place of freedom as you call it i had to really acknowledge my responsibility and it wasn't easy and i had to apologize to myself first and then to whoever i misguided in a way you know um because when you go through that process, there's going to be people that are not going to like it because, you know, you're not going to be as fun, maybe, or you're not going to be agreeing with them or you're not going to um, be available, you know, because that's another thing. When you are people pleaser, you're always available. You put yourself in the back burner and everybody else It's important. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when you draw the line, you know, in in you realize what are your non-negotiables, then you're not going to be that available. You're not going to let people walk, walk all over you. I tell my clients, you don't want somebody walking all over you, get up from the floor. So it's like, in a way, you teach the people that already know you a different way of treating you. And there's going to be people that are not going to ha be happy with that. And they're going to try to pressure you to be that other person that they need you to be. Yeah. So that is a process, you know, and you're going to lose relationships in the process, but you're also going to gain relationships in the process that are going to love who you really are. And that's what you want. You want to mm -hmm. be authentic. You want to mm -hmm. be transparent. You want people to love you for who you are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. If you mm -hmm. have to pretend to be liked, then at the end of the day, they're not liking you. They liking whoever you're portraying. And how sad is that? Yeah. How sad is that to go back at night and lay in bed and say, I have all these friends, but they don't have any idea who I am. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like the, the whole premise of the relationship is founded on a lie or exactly. at least at least a, a false representation, a false persona. Funny. 
It's funny. And eventually yeah. that is going to come out because how long can you pretend to be somebody that you're not? Mm, absolutely. So in terms of your journey of becoming Claudia, you you already mentioned you, that you are an immigrant and that you have you do have an immigration story. Tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that. Tell us about where you're coming from and where you've arrived. In maybe in a you've, you've spoken about some of the emotional, the existential, and the psychological aspects of it. But but tell us about where where you're from originally, geographically, where you've ended up, and some of the things that you that you've had to overcome in in that process and along the way. When I moved to the states, I'm from Peru, Lima, Peru, in South America. When I moved to the states. And I went through that process of fitting in, you know, um, I even considered taking lessons to lose my accent because I really had that need of belonging. This is my new home. So maybe I have to emulate these people. And it wasn't until I realized that perhaps I have something to bring in the, to the table. Perhaps I don't have to stop being who I am and being who I am is going to bring is is going to bring something to other people. So I I I remember going back and forth, you know, my my morals and my principles were never bent. I'm very um I'm a very decent person by nature because I have a conscience. So you know, I mean, I I had a conversation with my daughter a couple of days ago. And she said to me, and this would explain to you probably what you're asking me. She came to me and her phone was broken. Um, she got in her car. Her phone fell in the floor. A couple of cars ran it over. Um, a homeless found it. The homeless called me because it says mom in her phone. We went to pick it up, you know, from the homeless. But the phone was super kind lady. But the home, the, the, the phone was destroyed. And I had just bought it for her. So she's like, I can't believe I destroyed my phone, blah, blah, blah. But she owned it. You know, she was like, I'm in integrity. I'm not going to do that. One of the persons that work with her said to her, hey, you know what? This is what you can do. You can go to Apple. You can do this. You can do that and then return it. And then you get a brand new phone for 200 bucks. She told her a whole scam that she could do, right? And she looked at the girl and she said, no, I can't do that. And the girl goes, why? And she goes, well, because I have values and morals and stuff like that. I, I can't do that, you know? And then she came and told me that. And I was like so proud of her because it would be so easy for her to do that. Probably I wouldn't even have to know that she did that. But the fact that she was very clear about her values and what is wrong and what is not wrong in, in integrity that stopped her from doing something wrong. That's what happened to me when I came to this country. I knew that some things were non-negotiables. And as much as I wanted to fit in, I even when I would, you know, agree with the other moms about something, I, I had a feeling of, I don't like this. You know what I'm saying? So I made a, a conscientious decision. This is going to be a harder road for me because I am not going to emulate all these people and probably they're not going to like me because, you know, when people criticize other people, it has nothing to do 
with with the other people it has to do with them you know and the the fears and the principles and the values and the and and the traumas and the limited beliefs they have but it was affecting me because I was in a new country and I wanted to have friends and I want those friends to like me so I had to make the decision you know I am going to be who I am and if they like me great and if they don't like me is their loss because I know in my heart what I'm bringing to the table. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You've got to be true to yourself first and foremost, and then you can actually yeah. live with yourself. And I think a lot of people struggle when they betray themselves, they betray their inner values, their core self, and they they struggle to live with that. And it's yes. it's very difficult when when people go down that track because in some respects we can't create our own values. You know, the, the conscience isn't something where we, we, we make a selection on a, on a computer screen or a phone screen and decide, oh, well, I'll have this and I'll have that and I'll have the other. It's, it's something that is, that is gen, generally innate within us. But having said that, there is, there is something to be said about teaching values as well, teaching values to, to young people. So, so tell us, Claudia, how, how have you gone about teaching good values and good principles to your daughters? By example, I think... It would, when I think in retrospect, um, it would have been a lot easier, you know, to bend them a little bit because I was a single mom for a long time. But I was very clear what kind of humans I wanted to raise. And I was very aware of the responsibility I had of those humans. So... I, I remember watching a movie many years ago, Spanglish, and she said to, to the guy, there are some mistakes that a parent cannot make. And that is that, that stick with me because it's true. Your kids are watching you. You cannot tell your kid, don't lie to me. And then if somebody come and looking for me, tell them I'm not home when you're home. It's confusing. So you have to be consistent. You, you have to you have to create that bond. And, and it's a fine line between being the cool parent and the friend and to be the parent, you know, because sometimes you, you want your kid to like you too. But I think you have to be consistent and make a decision how I want to raise my children and what things are non-negotiables and what do I need to do myself to teach them by example what's right and what's wrong. And that's a commitment that you make with yourself and with your children because yeah. they are your kids. They are your responsibility to raise kids that are not going to lie. They're going to be honest. They're going to be kind. They're going to be empathetic. They're going to think of the other person, but in the same token, they're going to love themselves mm. and they're going to like themselves. Yeah. So I, I mean, the simple answer for that question is I raise them by example. Mm. I show them the right thing to do. If you're going to have a candy in the grocery store, you're going to save that wrap and then you're going to pay for it because that's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Can you get away with not paying it? Absolutely. But what that says about you. Mm. Yeah. You absolutely. know, so. I am like, 
it's crazy, especially when my kids are adults now and when they come and they tell me things, you know, that all the girls are doing and or other people are doing. And I still ask them, what do you think? What do you think about that? Or mom, you know, they told me I can do this, this, this and that. And I mean, my daughter is my oldest daughter is 30 years old. And I go, but then you wouldn't be happy with yourself. And she goes, yeah, that's why I didn't do it. But could you believe they're doing that? And I'm like, yeah, I can't believe they can. They are doing that because we live in a world with a lot of different people that has a lot of different values. But as long as you are good with, with you and God, you don't have to give explanation to anyone, but just make sure you are aligned with the values and the principles and the moral that you were raised with. And, and I come from a different culture, you know? They might be things that I was taught when I was a child that I might not agree, that I might think is, it doesn't apply to me or, or I just don't believe on those things. And that's okay because you can have your own principles and your own values. And you can say what, what it was taught to me doesn't work for me. That's not the person I want to be. You know, I mean, I had somebody in my family that was extremely prejudiced. I couldn't, you know, inherit those values and become a prejudiced person but I made my own adult decision that that was not serving me. That for me to be empathetic and, and care and be kind to others, I could not have that. So I decided not to carry that value with me and pass it on to my kids. But that's a decision I made as an adult. And I would think that my kids will go through the same thing when they have their own kids, mm. you know? But so far, Knock on wood, so good, you know, they're making yeah. the right choices. Yeah, good stuff. So, Claudia, what would you say to somebody who, like you say, we, li we live in a world of very many distractions. I refer to it as a, a world of distractions, temptations and challenges because life inherently has challenges in it. But certainly we see with smartphones, social media, the abundance, proliferation and even ubiquity of technology that there are more distractions or potential distractions and with those distractions temptations than have ever been around in human history I, I don't think it's it's a stretch or a hyperbole to even say that so right it's so easy for people to fall afoul of these things and get off track and dis, not not even discard their own values but but not live in harmony with their own values and live by somebody else's values for short-term pleasure short-term gain short-term power so right. what would you say to somebody who feels like they've gone off their track and they've gone onto somebody else's track in the sense that they've been kind of tricked into playing the wrong game where they've pursued the money they've pursued the power they've pursued lost or something like that how would you help somebody to get back on track i think that we sign up for our own experiences right from the get-go we make those decisions. And I live in Las Vegas. Imagine having three daughters in Las Vegas where you go to a show and you are in a light, in a stoplight, and you have a billboard next to you with five girls on a pole, gorgeous, beautiful girls. And your kids at that at that time, my kids, let's say they were 14, 15, and 16, and they're looking at that and go, 
wow, I wonder how that life is. And they are being famous because they're in a billboard in the strip and everybody know them and they make a lot of money. They make like, you know, whatever money a night. And here I'm working in McDonald's because I'm 16 years old and I'm making $7 an hour. Well, everybody tells me, are you, um, you could be dancing or you could be doing this stuff. It's hard because the temptation is there and it's palpable, you know, it's in like, I know one of one girl that went to school with, with my daughter and when, when they were in high school, she was already being an escort. Um, and then she moved, you know, to New York and then she made a lot of money being an escort in New York. And then she's beautiful. And then she did some modeling and now, you know, she ended up with some rich guy, but it's a temptation when you see that. And this is a girl that went to school with me. I mean, I'm talking one of my daughters and then she sees herself, I'm working and I'm making, you know, $60,000 a year. It's hard. So what I always did with my daughters was, first of all, is that what you want? And why? Number one, the same thing that I do with my clients. Is that what you want and why? And second of all, are you going to be able to look at yourself in the mirror? Are you going to be proud of yourself? Is this job aligned with your values? One day you're going to have a daughter. Are you going to be able to look at that girl in the eyes? Don't you think when I was in my 20s, somebody didn't offer me to go and dance? They did. One of the moms from, from one of my kids, she was doing that. And she said to me, I'll bring you to the VIP. Nobody will see you. You'll make a lot of money. And I said to myself, I can't do that because one day I am going to have to look at these three girls in the face. And if they come to me and say, I'm going to be a stripper, I won't have any right to say, no, you're not. Because they're going to say, why you did it. And, and I'm not judging anyone. Everyone makes their own decisions, you know, based on what they want the values they have and the life they want to have. And if they're okay with that, hey, more power to them. I wasn't okay with that. And I wasn't okay with living that life, having to lie to my kids because I would not be able to say, hey, I'm going to strip tonight from five to midnight. I'll see you in the morning. You know, I couldn't. So my values and, and what I wanted for me was stronger, the temptation of just working five or six hours a day and make a lot of money. And I had these conversations with them. And I said, I understand it's tempting, but do you want to be a prostitute? Do you want to be a stripper? Is that what you want? I mean, you have all these qualities and then you have all these talented. You're not just a body. You're mm -hmm. not just somebody that somebody's going to put a couple of dollars in your bikini. You're more than that. Mm. And I have dreams for you. And I hope you do have those dreams. You know, you don't want to be in that environment. Because also, 
who's going to be your tribe? Yeah. You know, if you are already stripping and you have friends that are stripping, they're not going to tell you, hey, you should go to school and become a nail technician or you should go back to the to the university and become an accountant or an architect. They're not going to tell you that because they want the quarrel. They want, you know, the sounding board to, to tell them whatever they do and is the right thing. So they're going to enroll you into believe that this is your best choice. Mm. So yeah. again, you know, I mean, you sign up for your experiences. Yeah. If you are putting yourself in that situation and you are surrounding yourself with people that believe that that's the best thing for you, most likely you're going to stay there for a long time until you're old enough that nobody wants to put a dollar in your bikini. Mm. You know, what, I see yeah. I yeah. I see young girls in town and and some of them are friends with my girls, you know, that they they work in day clubs and stuff. They're not stripper, but they are working on a bikini all day, you know? And and I say to them, and my kids sometimes will get mad, you know, mom, don't say anything. And I'm like, I know this girl since they were in middle school. They are like my kids. And if nobody said it to them, I'm going to say it to them. You're more than that. You're smart. You're beautiful. I know the money is easy. But what is the cost of that lifestyle? What yeah. are you doing to yourself? Yeah. What are you attracting? What are you hoping to get out of it? Just money? Mm. You know, that, is that, that's the only payback. Yeah. So so that question that, that you've you've raised a few times that you ask your clients, what do you want and why? That that one-two punch, so to speak, is a big one. And not least because it doesn't just focus on the immediate here and now it looks at or invites you to think about what you want in the medium term and in the long term as well because there are things that we choose now yeah or in the instant the thing that like you say the thing that's right in front of you all that money that you that, that the girls can earn at a young age mm -hmm. on on the, the strip joint or whatever they can earn that money now and there is no other means by which they can earn that money at that particular age but if they go down that path if they right. go down that path it means that their options in the medium term in the longer term are inhibited so there's right. always there's always an opportunity cost right so so they have that opportunity if you want to put it mm -hmm. like that to to make that money but then in taking that it it actually limits other opportunities as well and it's it's knowing and, and this applies to all of us it's not just young people as well who have these temptations thrust on them at a young age it's it's other people as well and, and it's difficult yeah. for us sometimes to know really what we do want if we don't have a sense of time if we don't have a vision for ourselves because without a vision for ourselves mm -hmm. and without a sense of what we want over time and what we right. really care about like you were saying when you talk with your clients you get down to things about what they want and they end up saying that they don't want conflict. You know, it's about what they don't want. They don't want conflict. I want peace. I want harmony. I want loving relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you get down to those, that level with people and you think about, well, okay, what does the short, short term offer me? And then they realize actually the short term thing, it's kind of like the, the 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 candy or the, the sugar sweet or whatever, you know, it's, it's going to give instant you instant gratification. Yeah, exactly. It's going to give you the quick hit, instantly gratifying but actually, in the longer term, 
it, it's it's going to do damage or at least it's going to limit your options so right. powerful things to think about claudia as we're, we're wrapping up this conversation is there anything final that you'd like to share with our listeners today i would like everybody that is listening that that allows u-turns so you should allow u-turns for yourself as well if you are in a place where you're not happy that perhaps yeah you do have a lot of material things and you do have um a lot of fun in your life but you're not happy then you need to look inside yourself and find out what it is that you really want and perhaps it's going to take a lot of courage to make that change in your life but i promise you when you find what you really want and why it is that you want it you're going to find that balance that you need to have a joyful and abundance life but that's a decision that you have to make not your friend, not your mom, not your neighbor. You have to want it because it's not going to be easy. It's going to have, it's going to take for you to unbecome who you are and become who you're meant to be. That's a fantastic message, Claudia, and very, very empowering that idea that transformation, I call it redemption. Redemption is always possible. We can always change from where we are to where we really want to be and perhaps where we should be at mm. a deeper level as well so claudia noriega bernstein thank you so much for your time today on the real clear values podcast thank you so much for having me thank you for listening to the real clear values podcast with tom english if you know anyone who is looking for success that's both meaningful and sustainable for themselves or their organization then please send them this podcast and if you yourself are looking to create a life of purpose, meaning and fulfillment for your own version of sustainable success, then I offer a mentoring program that will get you on your way. Just go to threestewardships.com or message me directly to tom at threestewardships.com. That's tom at threestewardships.com. Until next time, I'm Tom English and I wish you all the best in your own pursuit of sustainable success.